This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is the Dumbbells, a personal fitness podcast where me, I'm Ryan Stanger, and a guest today in place of Eugene Cordero, offshoot in Tacoma FD, will have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. This is solely based on our own working experience and a little bit of bro science, so please keep in mind that we're not doctors, never claim to be, just a couple of dumbbells, love ourselves, love myself some fitness, want to help you with yours, and the help can start right now uh, without... Any further ado, let me get to the guest right away. We got the vanilla gorilla in the weight room right now. <laughs> Gabris back for his triumphant return to the dumbbells. Thank you so much for oh, coming back on. Please, dude. dude. Thanks for having me on. I feel much in a much better place to talk about you feel fitness better? now. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. even remember the last time. I think the last time I was on was when me and Raj were both on, and we were kind of just taking listener questions. I wasn't that. And then I think the time before that, what? You were on this. You were just you and me, maybe. Yeah, I, and then there was an then the one of my first ones. I was yeah. one, one an early episode guy, an early app guy. Yeah, um, but, but I think in like the last few months, you've been like, on a roll. I've been on a roll. I've been on okay. a true roll. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking to some stuff uh, with uh, with you, talking about some stuff with you about that. Like <laughs> talking some stuff with you about that. I have some questions for you, which I constantly text you anyway, so it's nice. Uh, you're making it seem like I'm doing you a favor by being on your podcast, but I'm going to abuse what you get paid for. <laughs> uh, bless up. Bless up. It's weird because we were just talking normally uh, for a while before this, and then I came in hot, real radio-y, and then now we've both changed. <laughs> now we're our- both doing that, Ryan. <laughs> well, that's right, Rhino. <laughs> uh, great, great thing that you brought up there, Ryan. Let me uh, counter that by saying- Dude, I'm looking forward to telling you some stuff. <laughs> About stuff. Uh, yeah, so dude, you've been on a roll lately, so why don't you bring people up to speed? What's going on now? What's going on with you now, Gabrus? I took a detour from weight training for a while because I decided to do half marathons. Because I just ran a couple half marathons. Yeah, I needed to- All went well. Yeah, it all went well. I completed both of them, which is like, I think I finished in like the bottom 10% of my age group in both of them. But for me, the, the victory as like, that's like the furthest I've ever even. Yeah. Moved. Running was never a thing for you. Yeah. No, I always joke that I don't run unless I have a ball or I'm get, going after someone who has one. Right. It doesn't make sense, yeah. <laughs> but I needed something to, I'm legendarily lazy. I'm sort of, uh, you know, uh, I'm a functioning pothead. So I needed something that I could just make sure I started doing. So I, I got into, I was like, I'm going to just sign up for a half marathon. A, a, a buddy of mine was going to do the same. Uh, our partners are, my wife and his husband are very good friends. So we can get them to go for like a destination. And we were like, that's the move. And then I just trained and I, and every week I ran further, like it's simple, like progressive overload in weightlifting. But every week I ran one mile further than I ran the week before. And it was very much empowering despite it being brutal and, terrifying to look at like just hideously <laughs> ugly is me jogging for fucking seven miles through west hollywood in the summer it's just like <laughs> you know like i had to go past like the erewhon and i see people like locking their car doors and shit <laughs> well that well that was cool to see because that was you just stuck to the program yeah even when you weren't feeling it, you'd get out and run, walk. Usually ended up running more than you walked anyway. Right, yeah. But sometimes mentally you got to tell yourself I, that. I, I, at one point, ran six miles without stopping to walk. That's with like huge. With the exception, like, just like red lights was my only break. Right. Uh, um, and I, didn't, I did not enjoy my... 
first half marathon. I enjoyed having completed it. And where was that? That was, that was the Vegas, Vegas one. Yeah. Weiger did that one too, right? Weiger did that one too. Yeah. And he fucking crushed it. Like, yeah. I don't know if I talked about this previously on a podcast, but like Weiger ran like holding his phone in his hand. Like me and the other guy, my buddy Rafe, who we ran together, we had like, you know, we were like icing up, doing all this shit. Weiger shows up holding his phone in his hand, runs 13 miles faster than any one of us. He ran like, like a... It's something insane. Like he had like an eight minute pace, eight a minute mile pace time. for like everything. You know? <laughs> wow. What, dude? Yeah, he had like an, a, a wildly out of nowhere. But it makes sense because he's like a machine in yeah. a way, and to harness machine uh, for. So then I signed up for uh, the Napa to Sonoma, continuing in my destination half marathon shit, and it was like the perfect amount of time away. I was like, oh, it's five months away, so I could literally take two months off and do nothing. And then start training. And that's unfortunately exactly what I did. <laughs> and then uh, t- towards the end of training for this last half marathon, when it was coming up, my friends were signing up for other races. And I said, I'm done with half marathons. But now I'm inspired. Because I was going to the gym two days a week for just cross-training purposes. And just doing- While light, you were doing your run, running While training. I was doing the running training. Just doing like squats, sets of 10, deadlift sets of eight. Like very light stuff. Yeah. Just to keep the compound movements going. And to do something that wasn't running. Right. Um, and then when I ran that second half marathon, I was my friends were like, oh, sorry. I was like, no, I'm out. But I'm back into weightlifting. Because like- now I want to get fucking muscular and I haven't been lifting weights. I miss it, but I'm just doing a little bit, but I'm also now trained at least in like sticking to shit. And yeah, I had you, it, like it built up some sort of momentum in my sure. Even though I transitioned completely and I, and this is an embarrassing fact. I have not put on my running sneakers and run <laughs> since that half marathon, which was in July. But <laughs> you t- you took the self-efficacy that you right. gained from it and applied that to the gym. To something that was a huge part of my life for so long. Right. Well, I think that's something that comes up on the show a lot that people will say, I, I want to start, but I'm overwhelmed or scared of the gym or you name it, whatever it is. And that's why we were always saying like, well, just do something you like or schedule a race like what Gabrus did. Yeah. And then that'll get you going. I'm and a then- very much a goal oriented and like uh, c- competition oriented yeah. person. So if give like, yourself that I give my, I know that if I, if I like my dream is to always play uh, in a rugby match once a year, mm-hmm. because that just gives me like, I can go full periodization if I'm just pretending like it's the Olympics. I think that's what the the good doctor Martin Luther King was talking about. That was his (laughs) dream. dream That one day my son and daughter will play rugby once a year. Once a year. (laughs) With all people of all races. Right. (laughs) I'm Um, pretty sure I'm not exact on that, but if people go back and look some of his stuff up, you'll find it in there. And I I have been averaging like one rugby match a year, and it's perfect. I literally use it like periodization. I'm like, okay. You know, we're 12 weeks out, but it trans- oh, we're, yeah, it's I'll six months away. Yeah, I can start lifting weights. <laughs> yeah. 12 weeks out. I better start sprinting. You know, yeah. I better start stretching. That's uh, good. But since I haven't run outside since July for the half marathon, but I have been since, that was July 20th, since August, I've been lifting weights and doing cardio, or at least I've been going to the gym and doing something three to f- six days a week, usually, uh, averaging around four or five, unbroken. Uh, yeah. since August. So August we're in at the end of no, we're in the mid November now. It's been like, this is my longest streak of being in the gym since I was a gym rat. Yeah. And it took that, that kind, that race schedule to kind of get that in your bones again. Yeah. It was like eight, eight, nine months in the making to get me into yeah. like, and also even though I was 
running three or four days a week and and going to the gym one or two and swimming one or two. Like just the fact that I was getting into, I think part of me secretly uses the fear of overtraining as a reason to like be like, well, I worked out yesterday. I'll I'll take off today and then I'll work out tomorrow. And then like tomorrow the schedule Stretches, gets wonky yeah. and then you're like, well, then I'll definitely do Thursday, but I can't work out Friday if I'm working out Thursday. Yeah, or Yeah. And then like, it's very easy to do that shit. Yeah. Then, uh, then all of a sudden, instead of the rock rolling down the hill, you're pushing it back up. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think that's a good, I like the idea of say you have a spouse that's maybe not doing the same thing or a partner. Uh, I like your idea of, you know, doing this kind of fun destination, uh, half marathon thing. So make a little trip out of it. Make a dope ass dinner reservation for the night after the race. No, it's cool. And then if you, you know, and then you have, you know, you're six months going into it where you train and then you, you know, you do or you don't, but you better do it so that it's an enjoyable experience. Right. And then, I mean, I, I think it's valuable to find these little bridges that can kind of get you back on the right track. You know, these different ways that you can course correct. Now, it doesn't I, mean that you're, like you said, like you're going to be a lifelong runner, but it gets that, that, uh, you, you carve that time. I highly recommend if you're like at all like if you're at all nervous about doing like 5Ks, 10Ks or half marathons because you think it's like a certain vibe there and you're going to be embarrassed or something. Well, people don't know you describe yourself. You're a big dude. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. For the listeners, I was for sure the biggest person in both races. I'm 6'2", and I was I ran one race at like 308 and another race at 303. Yeah. Over 300 pounds. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I sit around now in being slightly in shape. I s- sit around like 305. <laughs> <laughs> Sli- slightly in shape for myself, I should say. You got down when was the last time you were down under 3? Um I I I you, you around, kind of around the training there. time I was yeah. like when I was running I was like 295. I bet you cuz because I don't weigh myself that much anymore. I bet you if I jumped on the scale now, I'm between 295 and 305. That's good. I'm probably under 300. Because That's good. Uh, the last time I checked, I had felt like I lost a bunch of weight, but I had put on two pounds. But I knew I was. I had gone back to lifting. Put some so muscle I'm assuming on. it's regulating itself out a little bit more. So what are you doing in the gym now? You're, you're back up to six days, five, six days a week yeah, in the gym. It feels fucking great. Yeah. I, I do feel the best I've ever felt. Um, and I look forward to it. Unlike the running, the running, I never looked forward okay. to it, but after I finished it, I was always like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but the gym, I look forward to because I love gym. It. Yeah. It's like built into my bones. Like we had the Hulkamania dumbbell set in my house as a kid. My dad <laughs> did dumbbells, bow flex, karate, and stretching every morning. And he worked, he didn't leave for work till 3 p.m. So I saw it because he did it like at nine. Yeah. So I saw my dad exercise every single day of my entire life. And then I went to play, I played football and then I went to college and played rugby and like lived with all Guidos. And Guidos work out as much. It's like athletes, then comes uh, gay dudes, and then, uh, I mean, and you obviously you could be both gay and an athlete, but right. I think an amount of uh, time you spend you in the gym broad, goes like athlete, gay guys, and then fucking Guidos. Because yeah. you just like, that's what it's all about is like having muscles. Have upper body though. Those oh, guys yeah, don't do lower right. body. Your dad, it's interesting. What At what level of karate do you have to be to where you can actually have a workout doing karate by yourself? Yeah, it's, you have to be pretty good. Yeah, you have to be pretty good. And you have to have. Otherwise, something. you're just kind of throwing some punches and blocks. It's about right. my dad would do his kata in the basement. He, <laughs> like we had a whole area of the basement that was his karate area, carpeted, uh, finished basement. He had a makawara board, you know, like those hand toughening boards. Yeah 
on a uh, load-bearing pole in the basement. Okay. And he would punch it, and the whole house would vibrate. (laughs) And not because my dad was like Paul Bunyan. If you, like, kicked it when you were a kid with your shoe, it could rattle the china in the living room. Speaking more to the structural integrity of the house. Yeah, exactly. But when when a 6'5", 250-pound, second-degree black belt kicks it, it's going (laughs) to rock the house a little bit. And he would do his forms on there, like, blasting. He had, like, a record player or a boom box, and he would just, like, blast music and do karate. Like, not in his gi, always in, like... Uh, barefoot or in Tevas, knee braces, like <laughs> cut off shorts and Tevas no shirt. on. Always Tevas. I feel like I'd be sliding around in them. Yeah, he always worked out in Tevas. Wow. Yeah, like because he he just like he liked them around the house. He'd wear them to the beach. He'd wear them to errands. Then he'd come in and like lift weights in them. <laughs> but my dad was never doing like. He, he would do like, if I had to describe it, he'd do like extended dumbbell circuit training. Right. But like the kind of shit that you know. It does technically work, but he never did like. He wasn't doing hanging power clean. Yeah, he wasn't doing like power clean. Yeah, he was just constantly like he was like curling, flying, re- praise. Uh, yeah, you know, bent over rows, just like all yeah, the classic. Tiva lifts. Yeah, Tiva lifts. Uh, Hit him with the Tiva lifts, John. <laughs> it's like a weird workout tape for old freaks. <laughs> all right, now get strap your Tivas on tight because we're gonna do some weird lunges that look dangerous to passerbys. <laughs> I uh, I always wanted te- there was like a stretch where Tevas became popular when I was a kid, and I wanted them, but my mom was like, "Those are way too expensive. I'm not going to buy you sixty dollars sandals or whatever." And like I would had to wear, I was embarrassed to wear flip flops. Oh yeah, oddly, which are probably the least embarrassing option right now, and something that's a major part of my uh, wardrobe. But I think for when we were kids, and I, I don't want to speak for you, but flip flops were more feminine. It felt like, at least Could to be. me, I felt like, I felt like this is like how fucked up the '90s were. I felt like water shoes were less gay than flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what does that sentence even mean? I'm uh, putting a level of homosexualness on sneaker on sh- footwear and homophobia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. F- and you know, when I was growing up, I always called them thongs flip-flops oh a lot of people do yeah and then like uh but now flip-flops is natural to me but i had to make a conscious decision not to call them thongs well once you learned what thongs were when you were like 14 you were like oh yeah yeah and i had some friends that called (laughs) once cisco explained to you what a thong was you thought you were really confused by that song you were like yeah thong 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 thong." (laughs) yeah yeah they're good for the beach i guess and showers this guy Uh, seems really into them yeah i did have a group like a family that i knew growing up that called uh thongs g-strings uh, flip flops, G strings. <laughs> That's a classic <laughs> lie. It's a lie. Uh, <laughs> Where's the lie? In Stangers talking about it. Uh, yeah, but always wanted the Tiva, but uh, mom would never spring for the Tiva. I'm je- I would have been jealous of your dad. Oh yeah, my dad had Tivas. He wanted. Did us- you have Tivas? We had Tivas briefly, but we didn't like them. Yeah, and that's and I think. That, that was like that hurt my dad when we were like I don't want to wear we're like yeah, kid, we're like twelve shit. and I'm like I'm not wearing this gay ass stupid fuck it whatever you want me and my dad's like uh these are comfortable yeah. <laughs> they actually make a lot of sense <laughs> uh funny um so 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 weight room you're doing so uh, I'm back in the weight room I'm doing the big four compound lifts. Uh, and I've been on an LP with all of them and, and just, I'm not tracking anything really. I used to write down all my stuff, but now I just write, I just keep a running tally of like what my best lifts are. Cause I kind of had to reset everything. Right. So I went, I went down to all like the big plates. Like I brought my deadlift and squat down to 135 and my bench down to 135 and then my press down to 95. 
and just have been doing three sets of five for the lower body stuff, three sets of eight for the upper body stuff once a week with and adding five to ten pounds, depending on which lift it is, nonstop. And now I have my phone over here. I could now I'm back up to and just do a little quick humble brag. It's still understand listeners that this is still a bummer to me because I, I used to do way more. Squat 285 for three sets of five, bench 235 for three sets of eight, deadlift 295 for five sets of three, and press 145 for three sets of eight. That's like great. I just slowly, I, I put 50 pounds on the upper body lifts. Uh, I put 100 pounds on the bench, 50 pounds on my press, and uh, 100 pounds on squat and deadlift just from adding 10 pounds a week for the last That's 12 great. weeks or whatever. And it's a lesson in just starting, you know? Yes. That- just fucking get in there, peel everything back. You'll you'll go up from there, and we all start somewhere, and then right. the next thing you know, you're in it, and then now you're back up to respectable numbers, and yeah, part of it was b- because of the running. I learned um, I learned a little bit about my uh, the psych- my own psychology. I yeah. learned a little bit about myself and like what I require for motivation. So part of resetting the weights very far was so that I would just go and do it, and then have more time at the gym to like. Now I might workouts got have gotten longer because my rest periods have gotten more because I'm like oh I can't squat two ninety five three sets like but when I'm doing uh one thirty five squats you just like bang out like your eight and then you're like fuck I could do whatever yeah and so I start that got me like just getting to the gym and yeah you aren't dreading it at all right and yeah. you and you hooked me up like with you talking to me about the sauna for so long made me literally choose a gym <laughs> that had a good sauna and I fucking love the sauna and the sauna. Plus, how much I'm getting back into lifting is just getting me to the gym all the time. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, doing whatever you can to make it enjoyable. I mean, everybody is has access to different resources, some, some people not as much. But if there's something that you can do that makes it enjoyable, give yourself that, especially if it offers some kind of health benefit, too. That's right. twofold. But I would say even if it doesn't, there's something that if there's anything that you can do to create a positive neuroassociation with it, take it. And uh, I'll throw I'll throw post workout treat. Yeah. But use the word treat accordingly. Right. Get yourself a little protein shake or something that you might like the flavor of or like even like a little uh, protein cookie or something. Something that gives you a, a like a, a liter- literally Pavlovian treat for post. Yeah. Gym. And those- the sauna is that for me. The sauna is like, oh, I just love being able to sit in the sauna for 20 minutes. But I need to go to work. I need I should work out. Then I could do that. Yeah, yeah. totally. But uh, and it's all self-care. Like you're doing this thing for yourself. And I think that, you know. People now, everybody does therapy talk now. Everybody goes to therapy or, you know, does. Yeah, I think that's probably a little more coastal than we think. But I think it is. It's it's bigger everywhere. It's in the the nomenclature now. Like, you know, like at least the talk, you know, so you can kind of like your eyes will glaze over when you hear like self-care. You're like, I don't have fucking time for it. I'm working. I'm working. I'm (laughs) right. But. I think that something happens even on the subconscious when you're taking care of yourself that you just start to make healthier decisions, you know, like where in it and it starts from just like a little thing where like, you know, this is my time to exercise and do something good for my body. Even you know, even if you're not saying out loud I'm practicing good self-care, you kind that of is. know it. Yeah. And it is. It is and you also like know it in a subconscious right. way and then other things start to kind of fall into place too. You make healthier food choices that you're not even realizing that you're making. Right. And uh, and if I'm being honest, like be honest, got me today. out of a depression more or less. Oh, did you it? You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's good. or, or the depression was the reason I wasn't exercising. Like, yeah. or, and that's the thing. I don't know. And I'm feeling so much better emotionally 
and I don't know if I'm working out because I'm feeling so much better emotionally or I'm feeling so much better emotionally because I'm working out. But I do think it's actually synergistic Yeah, where I'm like, I forced myself to get back into working out and then doing that started making me feel better both because I was actually doing something I've always wanted to do. Right. And also undeniably bio- biologically. Yeah, you know, something like, chemically happened. Yeah, yeah. Dopamine I mean, and serotonin and yes, all that stuff. Yes. And then yeah. when you like just and that makes you sleep better if you're like tired from physically doing something. That makes you sleep better, which we know objectively is like one of yeah. the most anabolic things you could do for yourself yeah. is to sleep. A lot of stuff with sleep. I actually that's been kind of my most recent interest has been in sleep these days well like it's the only thing about your uh health and fitness regime that isn't absolutely dialed in right yeah. well yeah uh, i mean and, and I'm, I'm being hyperbolic <laughs> i'm saying because because abs- you are to me and right. to the layman that is probably listening to this podcast this is not i don't think there's like crossfit ath- i mean i'm sure there's a few but i think they're not listening to this for fitness advice. So right. I, yeah. Yeah. We're to we're, me and to everyone that I'm friends with that's back home. That isn't a fucking uh, like army ranger. You're, you're dialed in very well. Like you, yeah, you keep it tight, I, keep it tight. Yeah. So I, I started, I actually just got, I'm wearing this um, Fitbit charge three and I got it for the most part for the sleep tracking, but a uh, friend of the podcast, Ben Rogers, and also Gabrus, you told me about Wirecutter. Yeah. So I use Wirecutter as an online thing where they aggregate articles and different people will try electronics and then write, you know, summaries and write ups and rank them and all this shit. They do a very good thing where it's like uh, uh, purest best or like absolute best for a budget, best for wear right. and tear. Like they'll give you like, yeah, kind of figure out what you're looking for. Totally. You can look at like flat screen TVs or noise canceling headphones. And so I did it for a fitness tracker, but I was most interested in the sleep tracking element of it. And so this Fitbit Charge 3, which is their newest kind of lower price range. Like it's in like the $150 range. I picked it up. And so when it comes to sleep, they there's different cycles of sleep. They find that the one that's the most beneficial for growth hormone and um and and, and brain health is this deep sleep. They used to think there was like four or five stages of sleep. They've combined a couple stages now. In deep and now it's like understood that it's just like REM and deep, right? REM like, and deep. Yeah, you it's have- like sativa and sativa and indica. There's a lot of other shit going on <laughs> yeah, there, right. uh, but the, the two main things are this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so you know we. We get the majority of our sleep is is this light sleep category. So, you know, you probably and like they say that so this is where like the stuff starts to get interesting and maybe a little scary. So uh say you're 20 years old, in your twenties, you kind of hit your peak with what deep sleep is. It's and it counts for about 20% of your total sleep. That's the slow wave like the slow wave REM is a rapid eye movement. That's where you're dreaming and stuff. Light sleep is what the majority of the night is where you're kind of, you know, things can wake you up, whatever. So you go from light sleep to a deep sleep back to a light sleep and then into like REM or something like that. And uh, the deep sleep's the most important. And you only get about, that only accounts for about 20% of your sleep when you're your most healthy with sleep. As you age, that number starts to drop. So people in their eighties, it accounts for about 7.5% of their total sleep. And they, there are all these different theories as to what happens. Are you just like capable of less deep sleep as you get older? 
is it because, uh, you know, you're, you're getting these like kind of neurological issues, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's and they think, or is it because you just straight up need less deep sleep? Cause interesting stuff happens in your deep sleep. You, you take experiences that happen to you throughout the day and then you process them in a way that you are then able to file them as like important memories later. So it's like this stuff, ha- like this communication between one side of your brain and the hippocampus happens in deep sleep. Right. And so it's basically like, look, you have these experiences throughout the day. You know, everybody uses like the, the you know, like the, the, the like caveman thing where it's like, oh, I encountered this predator during the day. I don't know what to think of it. Right. Then you hit your deep sleep. And then the next day you're like, I know now to avoid that part of the jungle or whatever. Right. 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 You know, I learned something. I yeah, learned I something. Processed I processed it. Yeah. it. That happened during deep sleep. Yeah. So people will theorize now like, oh, maybe as you age, you just don't need as much deep sleep because you're, you know, in the same environment. You figured a lot of this shit out. You don't need all this time, right. you know, making these connections. And they've even done interesting mice studies to where they've they've put mice in novel environments so the mice they'll put this mice this aged mice in a new environment where it has to figure out where to get new food and different kind of maze and they'll actually hit a little bit more deep sleep so it ups their deep sleep Uh, so it kind of makes a case for you know picking up an instrument learning a language you know doing something in your later age you can kind of like hack your way into some more deep sleep your body's like oh well we need to deep sleep to process that shit we went through today yeah Uh, and i think I, like now I'm just, I'm going out extreme bro science here. Please don't. You're in a safe space. <laughs> yeah, I, gave the, uh, I gave the notation at <laughs> right. the beginning of the but show. Now, the now I'm, I'm going out of like, I don't even know if I believe this, All right. but like, that's like, I feel like the people who seem the youngest when they're old are people, comedy people seem to keep their comedians and comedy writers anecdotally seem to keep their and, and actors and creatives of all types seem to keep their uh, faculties longer than mo- most people. Yeah. And that's like just anecdotally from what I see. And I'm also in full confirmation bias mode looking <laughs> to hope that I'm going to live longer. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I th- I, you find like people like that. They're like these aging musicians who can live for so long and stuff and they keep their shit because I, and I think it's because those people, if you're creative, you're constantly trying to think of new things. It, yeah, forces you. I mean, you're in. It is part of your profession to be doing to right. keep solving new problems right. and tackling new things. So you look and at being like around, and I think part of it too is like engaging with people in some way or engaging with yourself, in some, yeah. right? And that's not to say that that's not available to everybody. I mean, you just have right. To, you just have to paint or start learning a language. Just make your brain work right more so than it would normally. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Norman Lear's like a hundred years old and like still doing sitcoms yeah and Mel sharp. Brooks can like Mel go Brooks. on Conan and like riff right. with them you yeah know? <laughs> so those are two examples yeah uh, so that, that there you go <laughs> yeah so so recent sleep studies have come out to where they find that there's this like cerebral spinal fluid or cerebral fluid that gets pulsed out in your brain every 20 seconds when you're in deep sleep. It only happens in deep sleep. It's like a pressure wash for your brain and they think that that washes away this amyloid plaque that that builds up when you're, you know, when you're not getting the appropriate amount of deep sleep because that's the only time that would get cleared out. Uh. And so they're like saying like you ha- it's crucial that you find this deep sleep because you have like a you have like kind of like a janitorial service in your brain that is only operational during deep sleep where you like this microglia comes out and does all this shit. Like it squirts in there. It's crazy. It's, <laughs> you soaks, you, you squirted, squirted her. her. Yeah. 
And so I got this Fitbit watch and it's pretty interesting. It like, um, and it's like apt to your phone. Yeah. So you sync it up to your phone. I'll show you. Um, I've only had it for a couple of days now, but you know, it kind of confirmed some things that I was maybe a little suspicious of in regards to my sleep. So last night I got a total of six hours and 39 minutes total sleep. That's good. Um, that's like good for you, right? Pretty good. I mean, I would like to get more. Right. I mean, I but gave you myself. Get, you get around like six ish. Six ish. I mean, I'm trying to up that now. I mean, I would like to get myself up to eight hours of sleep, but it's going to take me going to bed earlier because, first of all, there's just a time crunch, like just not enough time. And like to give yourself eight hours, you should give yourself nine, basically. Right. Um, so that just starts, you know, start like I'll go to bed at 6 p.m. Right. You know, and and part of it, part of your career is that you're up. You have to up be, early. You, have, you have to be up early for. I mean, part of most adult people's lives is having to be up early for some reason, right? Whether it's children, career, whatever. Yeah, true. And so this, so this, this Fitbit Charge Three will break down your awake time, your REM time, your light sleep, and your deep sleep. And so light obviously made up the majority of it. Five hours and 46 minutes. REM, also important. Not as important as deep sleep, but also crucial. Deep and REM kind of work together, they say. 24 minutes and deep, a paltry 29 minutes. Oh. So I'm not even close to that 20%, uh, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so I need to figure out what I'm doing, what I can do. I was, tell- I was talking to my mom about this, and um, I even mentioned it, I think, on the last show. So I, I, what I'm going to do is take like a survey of 10 days of sleep for myself and kind of make note of when I ate, when I exercised smart, you know, and then just work backwards and see like, okay, on this day I worked out at this time. I did this weights. I did this cardio. I ate at 8 PM and cut it off and just see if I get more deep sleep. Right. If you're like, fuck, I guess I got to move my window up a little bit from yeah. before bed because that, yeah, make some adjustments and there's shit that they're working on. Like there's, I guess there's, there's sonic stuff. Um, this, I was reading about this guy that did a study and your brain, it, it, it makes these sounds, you know, when you're in, in slow move, slow wave sleep. And so they can recreate those sounds, but they're unique to the individual. And so then you could like put that in your ear, but you'd have to be a part of the sleep study. He's kind of like figured out a way that's more general. You're be- like, so are we saying like your best bet to maximize, to get more deep sleep is to increase sleep overall, obviously. Yeah. So that's not, that's the easiest solution right add away. Add an hour of sleep. Add an hour of sleep. Yeah. And then you hope just by by like just you know default or you whatever get like eight more minutes you get eight more minutes whatever it is there's different things you can do like uh sauna which i'm like a big believer in so increased heat temperature at some point during the day they have found does help people get into a deeper sleep i'll tell you what i've i've always been pretty good at sleeping i can fall asleep if i decide to and i can wake up if i have to or i can sleep in if i'm allowed to like That's my body good. just kind of like can I, i'm like I'm like water, my friend. I could just <laughs> fill the amount. How much time do I have to sleep? Four hours. Then I got to go get up and uh, travel all day to get back to LA. Fine. Oh, I I have I have twelve hours. Well, you're not gonna get me out of bed. That's a hell of a superpower. Yeah, dude. you're it, like it, fucking Doctor Sleep. It, I am like, <laughs> I'm Sleep Doc. Sleep Doctor. Uh, and I couldn't be, like the sauna has made me I, better. I, yeah, sleep better. Sleep so much better. I'm I'm and I I'm tying it together because I have been going to the sauna four or five days a week for. 12 unbroken weeks or whatever, but also lifting and a, a, bu- a bunch of cardio stuff. So I'm, I'm more tired. To, that's better sleep. Yeah. Just exercising. So that's another thing too. If people are listening and you know, want to 
borrow some of the information that I learned. So increased temperature, that can come through sauna, that could come from a bath or something, but also from, from exercise. So if yeah. you do vigorous exercise, that'll increase your core temperature. Right. And then that can benefit it. And then also what Gabriel was saying too, like the, just the straight up exhaustion. If you do something, you know, usually like if somebody has insomnia, they'll start upping their physical activity and that can help. Right. They just have to, you have to make sure it's not too close to bedtime. Also light exposure. So if you can, you know, to help yourself kind of get on the right circadian rhythm and sleep cycle if you can at some point early in the day try to get sunshine that will help like start your wake cycle and get you on the right schedule you know if you live in an area where you're not getting a lot of sun during the winter that's tough but if you you know if you can get some sunshine early in the day that will help so yeah and then just starting to like kind of play with all those variables and seeing what's going to get you into the most deep sleep because you know you want that you want that amyloid plaque cleared out of right. there man I wonder I, I would love to do a study on my own sleep because I'm curious because uh, before bed is like my peak THC usage too, which I helps me for sure. The, well, between- that, is, that affects your deep sleep THC. They they think that like the there there's something in the psychoactive uh, component that affects your REM, you know, too. Yeah. And like you don't, you don't, it doesn't allow you to get into like that level of deep sleep. Well, people, people say, yeah, you, you like dream less when you smoke a lot of pot. Right. So you lose that, you lose that. It's a trade off. But the same one, the same guy that was talking about the, the sounds, he was saying, look, if somebody has racing thoughts that's affecting them from sleep and marijuana does help them. He's like, just smoke, like you're better off just (laughs) smoking and curing that. It's not worth, you know dropping then down to five hours where you're tossing and turning yeah. because yeah so it's all this kind of like trade-off you know of what's what's important versus what's not did you ever read the book lights out sleep sugar and survival no i haven't no oh, I, that it's older but it, it like it was popping up around the same time as like a lot of the paleo conversations and it really talks about because you know like it's always like why we're kate the cavemen going back to the cavemen it's like and we, we we should be sleeping like them. We should be sleeping when it's dark, and we should be sleeping for uh, longer periods of time while it's cold. You know, like yeah, and like there's sleep, this case to be made for it. And on the and on like for people who are dieting, like uh, or you know uh, working on their nutrition, like if you're sleeping, you're not eating. Yeah. So true. if you add it's truly, if you add two hours of sleep to your day, it's two hours. You're not eating. It's two hours. You're not being stressed out. You know what I mean? No, it's like, a joke. I used to make the joke. I'm going to bed for dinner. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing good is going to happen here. I feel like junk. I want to eat junk. So I'll just fucking go to bed. Uh, yeah. They think that that's why, why all like across the board, all species of mammals sleep. And we, we have a similar sleep schedule, like all like fucking, you know, dogs, all that shit. It's all very similar. And they think it's because of that brain health, you know, right. what it does for your brain health. It's- we're, we're also aged getting, getting up there in age, late thirties, early forties. That's when you start really thinking about like de-aging and, and brain health. Brain health was never on my mind ever. You know what I mean? No. When I was blasting whippets or breathing in air freshener playing football <laughs> yeah fuck <laughs> fucking disastrous it's, fu- it's fucking scary yeah so i don't know i mean there's this guy there's this other guy dr dale bresdelin and he he uh introduced a lot of this a lot of these theories and and uh s- studies to me where i started kind of like paying attention to you know, reducing your chances for dementia. You know, if you have like the APOE3, you know, gene or all, you know, all that shit, what can you be doing for that stuff? And I, I know, you know, anybody can start 
trying to get more sleep for themselves. Right. It's a free thing that you can do. I mean, all these guys at some point are trying to sell some kind of product, but they, you know, in order to position themselves and then where people will pay attention to them, they usually will offer up some important information for free. Right. And like, I think there's a lot to be said about sleep. Sleep, like the, my, the strength specialist at my, at my old gym in New York, Brooke, uh, shout out CrossFit South Brooklyn, favorite gym in America. Um, Jeremy, he would always say like, sleep is the most anabolic thing you could do for your body besides steroids. It's yeah, like, no, it's cool. I mean, yeah. They, you and know. the shit with H, and now that we know like that HGH is like the fountain of you, like growth hormone is like the fountain of you. Does a lot of great stuff for you and you kick out a lot more in that deep sleep range yeah. so if you can whatever you can do to figure out deep sleep i guess this you know this these the wearables are interesting in how they do it they they monitor your heart rate and so because of like other sleep studies that exist where they actually have there are testing your brain waves i mean that's the only real way to know for sure yeah but they know roughly what range your heart rate would be in during so, based on their brain right. waves and heart rates yeah and you can kind of guess that your brain's probably doing the similar thing if your heart's doing a similar exactly thing. and so you know in kind of doing my own little bit of detective work with this watch i was able to you know and it seems right it felt it felt pretty close to when i watched you know when it said i was awake and it was pretty right on with you know when i was awake and oh, shit which cool. is kind of interesting and this one you know for if people that are interested in it it um i haven't played with any of like the real specific things you can do for exercise but it will it's pretty intuitive so it will monitor without you doing anything your uh uh moderate activity so it knew exactly when i went to the gym and then started paying attention there and then it kind of gives you like a tally for your calories for the day. And then the sleep, like you just go to sleep and it's, it figures it out. And it was pretty right on. You don't on. have to go like, I'm going to sleep now. No, or you don't have to yeah, answer yeah, anything. Yeah. It just figures it out. And, uh, and then also it does, it will push your text message, text messages to the watch, which is kind of interesting. Oh, get, get a little bit of that Apple. IPhone yeah. You shit. can't respond to them. I think maybe on an Android or something you can, but with an iPhone, you can't respond, but like the text messages come through oh, and awesome. it interfaces with the phone pretty seamless. So t a touch glitchy, but not bad. Right. And that's, you know, they're constantly updating Dang. the software. On right, it. right, right. And so, but I, you know, I've, I've and so what, far and had what a good are, experience. What are you, you're, you're hoping to like, Use that to kind of hack your sleep a little bit and be like, wow, it looks like if I eat earlier or days right. where I did more cardio and less weights, I found that I got more deep sleep. Maybe that's what I need to be tweaking to yeah, figure it out. Correct a moon yeah. And then, oh, another interesting thing with it too, I found. So I will usually do sauna immediately after vigorous exercise, mm -hmm. and it just it'll just count the sauna as part of the exercise. Uh. So heart, my heart rate's like well over a hundred BPMs yes. in the, in the sauna. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. That Cause I mean, I knew that it did, I knew that it was moderate exercise in some capacity. I mean, you definitely get like cardiovascular benefit, the same kind of cardiovascular benefit you get from, from cardio. You but do, you just don't get that in the calorie burning. You don't it's, get in the calorie burning. Right, Some think, will say, but you, there's no way because you're just not using the muscles. There's no way. Right. But there is some element to like the thermogenic effect of being warm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that there is some sort of, because yeah. like 
they used to say like if you drank ice cold water, your body had to heat the water to ninety eight point six to process it. So drinking a bunch, and then all these people are drinking tons of water, and it's like, you see, you're losing weight. It's like no, you're losing weight because you're drinking tons of water, and you're yeah, less it's hungry. Also, all the time. like how much energy do you spend getting that temperature up? Not right, much. right, right. Yeah. It, 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 to your biggest, to, to your BMR, what does it add? Like yeah, one to, to, to eight calories. Right. A day? Yeah. Technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I did. Yeah, because I I I knew that my heart rate was accelerated in there, but I've never watched it. And there was like by the end there, it's like up like 125, 130 beats per minute. Oh, and my wow. resting is really low. Like my resting will sometimes get under 50, you know? Oh, that makes sense. Cause yeah. you're so cardio and good cardio. I think that and some genetics maybe. And Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're also obviously genetically predisposed to like, uh, physical activity. <laughs> like, I get, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you take, you do a lot, you, you uh, do a lot of work, but like you don't, get to where you went football wise and like the bit and the some capacity genes. to do this without yeah, some, some genes. genes. Yeah. Some genes, I just yeah. always want listeners to know shit like that. You can fucking fight genetics a lot, but some people, some dudes at the gym and some chicks are, some chicks are going to have dudes and chicks. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on this podcast. <laughs> some women w- are just going to genetically have a big muscular butt, no people matter know. how hard people you want to know try. your heart. They know <laughs> yeah, your heart. Man. They know your heart. Right. You could say some dudes are going to just be naturally, uh, uh, predisposed to having developed biceps, no yeah. matter how much or undeveloped biceps, no matter how much you do curls or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you just, get the hand you're dealt and you know, some people have a real thrifty metabolism and some people don't. Yeah. And you know, there's, you know, the science is getting better. There's more information available. So there are ways to kind of work around it, but you do have kind of a genetic, you know, coffin that you're right, in, right, right. for lack of a better wow. word. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my genetic coffin. Uh, yeah. And so I, did you see, I tweeted at Rhonda Patrick yesterday. Yeah, dude. Did, has she responded? <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I will like follow up again. I just want, I want her to be, I'm trying to get her on high and mighty to talk. Yeah. So Rhonda Patrick is this great, uh, she's a, like a longevity expert. I think it's like at found my fitness or something. It's at found my fitness. It's who got me onto saunas. She's really great because she's an MD, but she also worked as a researcher and her love and interest is really in research. Yeah. Uh, and we found, I found her on um, Tim Ferriss. Oh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss first, and then now I'll seek her out wherever she goes. I listen yeah. to her podcast, obviously, but I kind of like it when she guests on other people because- She goes a little more basic. There's a little more basic, and they'll press her to how to make it actionable. Right. Because right. she'll just like go on and on about a mice study, like a, and it's like, yeah, Scandinavian study showed that the bikers were able to go one extra mile with it, and you're like, I don't even understand how I can get to that point. Yeah, right. and I'm like, I need to know what yeah. the fuck. What she's can a I... bit of like a, a, a nerd, like she's a data a, yeah. nerd in a good way. And great, but like she's not. She doesn't end it with like so with my sauna pills or get yourself a Dr. Rhonda Patrick certified sauna. There's none of that. No, she does not yeah. push in any like supplements or anything. If anything, it's just more she'll give you more information if you if you're like a uh patreon right or like she's doing don't. she's doing like academic uh like freelance academia more or yeah. less where she's like to access more papers pay five dollars yeah whatever right uh but yeah so she you know that's i think that's where i got interested in D- dr dale bresdelin the 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 cognitive expert that's doing all the alzheimer's research was oh, through yeah. her um but yeah, so she's, you know, she's big on like the sauna stuff and uh, yeah, but, but definitely like look her up. I, I would love it if she did your podcast, dude. That would be fucking great. <laughs> be awesome. Such a, yeah. And like really like, like Ferris and I have listened to her on Rogan and they're good because they'll pin her down for like, well, what can I do? What right, can I right, buy right. for that? How, how, how do I, what's actionable about this? Yeah. And I've, I've found, like, I just feel there's a lot of things I like about the sauna. 
I feel good when I'm done with it. I love the I love the contrast of uh, being hot and then following it by a very cold shower. I very much enjoy yeah. that feeling. And then I stimulating, yeah, invigorating. There's a part of me too that's just like there's not a lot of time in my life where I sit in a dark, kind of darkish, quietish room for 15 minutes, yeah, and don't think about my phone. Like I'm literally just thinking about like fuck, how much longer am I in here for? Yeah, yeah, and it's just something that I don't normally do and. I want to add meditation to my like uh, repertoire, but I think the closest I get now is like for, I'll, I'll get myself into four to eight minutes of just breathing and not thinking in the sauna, like more or less. That's good. I yeah, meditation is another interesting one for brain health. You can get out some theta waves, they say in meditation, so you don't get the delta. That's the that's the slow uh, that's the slow wave that you get from deep sleep. But theta is another interesting one, and that's that's one of those like you know things that they feel like you can improve your kind of brain health is if you're consistently getting some meditation in. Well. If, like at its at its simplest, like at, at your brain, you can look at as just like a system in your body that needs to work to get better. And like yeah. meditation is fucking yoga for your, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's straight, like you're, you'll make yourself more pliant. Uh, sleep is recovery. Fucking doing intellectual things like reading and challenging yourself, learning languages, and talking to people, creative thinking, all that stuff. That's fucking exercise. That's fucking CrossFit yeah, for your brain. Cr- it's yeah. crazy. That wash center in your brain I was talking about, not active at all during wakeful hours. Doesn't operate only when you sleep. Right. Which is kind of like crazy, man. Oh, fuck. I, sleep is something that I, I do pretty good. I'm like never less than seven, really, unless it's like a travel day or a 6 a.m. call time or and something. And you wake up feeling rested and all that? I wake up feeling pre- pretty rested. Like, I could always probably t- take another hour. Yeah. And I will sometimes. I will sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I go to sleep hour. an hour earlier than I normally do and still wake up at the same time. And then sometimes like I'm like, oh... I have just action boys today and I can, I'm free to go to the gym after I'm going to sleep till nine or eight 30 and yeah. I could just do it good and, for you. Cause, cause some the, people, they thing- say some people it's all, it's like this kind of like everybody's unique in their sleep, but they say, you know, 99% of people are going to be in that need that kind of seven to eight hour range. But there are people that do need eight to nine. Yeah. You know, I think I'm one of those people. I think I have like a weirdly slow metabolism, but it doesn't, it, it also works in my favor, my slow metabolism, because it's like just I can go to sleep for 10 hours. I can lay still. I don't have like I don't have any like uh, you're not bouncing. I'm around. not bouncing around ever, but that's a bad thing sometimes. And I can put on weight easily, but I got, I think I could also put on muscle. But you're also not than, like a little weasel bouncing around. No, I'm like the big uh, slow uh, bulldog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. The big slow bulldog. Uh, but yeah. I would love to be sleeping nine hours a night. It would be fucking a dream. I feel yeah. like think like and I think you can fucking <laughs> I think you can get like if you only get six hours and a sleep a night, but you get eight and a half on the weekends. I think that does help. Like even a couple extra hours of sleep. Not uh, not regularly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Every little bit helps with there's like that sleep debt belief, right? Like you can like repay it a little bit, a little bit, but not, you can't ever get this. You can't ever get back the sleep you lost. Right. Right. But you can, if you do need more rest then take the more, take more rest. Yeah. That, yeah, that was, um, that was an, that was kind of that bummer thing too, or just like, you got to make hay while the sun shines. You know? Right. Right. You take advantage of the sleep that you can get, you know, in like the, the quality sleep that you get in your youth, you know, don't don't take it for granted because oh, you won't yeah. be able to sleep like that when you get older. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it just gets, it's, even sleeping gets harder as you get older. I know. I know. It's so you wild. You pee more. Your body hurts more. You're like, your body temperature is all over the place. Another thing that jumped out at me that I thought was interesting was he was saying um, in one of them that, that I read, if you're, if you're completely asleep for a hundred percent of the night, that's not good either, because that means that you're, you were under sleep coming into it. So the sweet spot is between like 90 and 95%. You want a little bit of wakefulness in there because right. then you've, that, that means that you're on an appropriate like sleep yeah, schedule. Yeah, you're getting a little bit of REM on your way in and out of that too. Yeah. That Well, that, but also that means that speaks to your overall sleep quality in general. All right, if you just f- fall asleep like a log for 12 hours, you're like, yeah. well, dude, you were- You're exhausted you need, you need for some 20. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah then you yeah, needed 20. That's not yeah, good. Right. Yeah. That so makes it's just sense. like, Jesus Christ. I wanted to get to some listener questions. You want to help me answer some of these listener questions? I'm at, I got to go, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, no, of course, yeah. People uh, are we're like, recording at my house, so that's part of the gag there, people. It's, it's uh, <laughs> the weight room. It's the weight room. It's the uh, West, West Hollywood Annex, the High and Mighty Annex. Okay, this is coming to us from Joshua. Josh says, what up, dumbbells? I started working out in March, and I've lost about 50 pounds. Hell yeah. Good for you, buddy. Uh, my workout for the past few weeks have been running in the morning and 45 minutes of boxing class after work. This past few days, I've only managed to work out a few times. Feels like I've lost that drive. Any advice on how to get back on the grind and any diet tips for weight loss? Thanks again. By the way, I love the podcast. It's been a huge help for me over these past few months. I always read the compliments, too. Some... Another podcast host will skip over the compliments. Yeah, not this broadcast. Oh, oh, I know. I'm a dumbbell. I'm a bellhead. Ba- yeah. I'm a bell baby. A dumbhead. Whatever you guys call me. It's dumbhead. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, one of the dumbheads. Hey, dumbheads. Hey, uh, well, dumbheads. congrats on 50 pounds. Yeah. That's not a fuck. No, even if you weigh 500 pounds, it's still a 10 percent body weight drop. <laughs> if you weigh 300, that's a fucking huge. That's one sixth your body weight you dropped. Dude. Right. Um. Any other math? Uh, yeah, I just love doing the math stuff. Quick math. Well, I just like 50 pounds sounds like not like can sound like a lot or not a lot, but like you're like, oh, you had it to lose. Like even if you are 300 pounds, 50 pounds is oh, one yeah. sixth your body weight. Dude, it's a chunk. Yeah. Dude, For the people who weigh 180, imagine losing 30 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Um, I I would say like that sound first. That's a great routine, running in the morning and then uh, boxing, doing something different after yeah, work. Yeah, dude, it's like you're fucking training for a fight. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's you're doing in, your road work in the morning, yeah. and then you're doing your stuff in the ring at night. I would say if he, what he what he should do is if he's fucking really enjoying Lennox boxing. Lewis, what are you, fucking the real deal Holyfield? <laughs> what are you, Leon Spinks? Yeah. <laughs> hey, real deal. Hit the weights. Um, I think what he could do is just... You're going to get bored of five days of running and five days of boxing, no matter. Maybe less so with boxing because you could at least do something different in there all the time. But I would start with just like uh, run one day, swim another, or run one day and elliptical another. Or I, I, I would say lift, like throw two days yeah, of lifting. In throw there. some lifting in there. I'm, I'm curious. This seems to me like it's what you have access to. I mean, running you can just do on your street. Right, that's why I'm hesitant to say like swim or hit the yeah. elliptical or just shake it up. Uh, and then as far as what you're doing in the gym, but for boxing, but you know what you could do is, um, 
I don't know, talk to whoever you're, whoever's holding mitts for you or whoever's you're sparring with in there. See if there's some like more sports specific boxing stuff you could do. I mean, not all of it has to center around throwing punches. I mean, there's all this kind of right, fun. Like maybe get in, maybe jump rope one day a week. Yeah, one I don't know. Week instead yeah, if there's like. some, if there's a way that you can kind of diversify what you're doing for exercise um, without having to step out of what you have access to too much. But I'm with Gabrus. I think you need to cross train a little bit. I think that'll kind of reinvigorate your interest. Right. Right, for sure, because you're also just like repetitive use. Like, you're, yeah, yeah, you can like, and that it, stuff is hard. Running and boxing shit's fucking hard. I don't right. know if there's something you can do that's active, that's easier too, so yeah. that you're not dreading it. I mean, I used to when I was boxing a lot, I would kind of love and dread those workouts too. And if right. it was all I was doing, I might, I'd probably get burned out too. Right. Well, I would say, let me throw this out there: if you are, if you dread the running more. Mix up your morning workouts. If you dread boxing more, mix up your evening workouts. There you go. Yeah. I like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you do have the resources and time, adding some weights in there would be huge. I mean, especially for you. Not even, we can can talk body weight. Just adding like um, those movements instead of cardio. Exactly. Like if, if, if. Say right now your exactly. schedule is you're running five mornings a week and boxing five afternoons a week. If you switch three of those mornings to like uh, planks, push ups, squats, yeah. Um, fuck, chins if you have opportunity something to do in there or chair dips do if you did that three days a week instead of running but still kept running two days a week and kept boxing the way you were I, f- I feel like be that could be a races. huge change a yeah huge and you really and you're talking about like uh, losing body fat you know adding some more muscle will help you do that right uh, especially like you know if you're doing you because right now you're losing that weight in the absence of doing any kind of resistance training you add that in there it's gonna yeah so so to give you an idea adding more uh, muscle to your system will improve the calorie burning benefit you get from all the activity that you're doing, including sleep and like literally because, because we just burn calories at a minimum, just running the business that is our human body. Yeah. So if you have more muscle, you're burning more calories. Right. Yeah. Just living like, just like you burn a thousand calories a day, just being alive. If you put on five pounds of muscle, you burn more calories than a thousand. Yeah. Like, so that's keeping the same activity level and the same, yeah. the same everything you'll and lose. And then that more. percentage goes up with the more muscle you are. If you're running, right. Uh, if you're running and you have some muscle, you're going to burn Counts more calories. Yeah. You, Starts you counting for more. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other quick things in regards to. Fat. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Real quick yeah, before that, just to keep it. running with what we're talking about. Cause uh, we, you and I talk about this briefly. We're t- there are elite level bodybuilders who are carrying around probably an extra hundred pounds of muscle. Yeah, and they're three hundred pounds lean. They're three hundred pounds rather lean. They if they just do fasted uphill walking on a treadmill five days a week, they get they shredded become for competition. Shredded, paper thin skin. Yeah, they're not. They're not fucking in. They're not jumping rope, running. They're not. No. They they just have so much muscle on their body. That it, to it, to burn fat, they just have to try a little bit. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's the right answer for anyone else because it no, might not be healthy to carry that much muscle. It's not, but it clarifies what's happening from a physiological standpoint right. and why the why resistance training is important for active fat loss and like why skinny fat. Uh, to use like just the men I know that are skinny fat like scrawny dudes with a little bit of a paunch. That's why running doesn't get rid of that paunch necessarily. No, they'll just keep getting becoming smaller versions of what they already exactly, are. Exactly. You kind of have to add some musculature to really get the benefits. And I think like 
throwing, you know, doing uh, push-ups, planks, and all that shit would help his boxing too. Oh yeah, faux show, baby. Also, I don't think I've I've tried to say resistance a few times. I don't know if I've said it without slurring. Oh yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> which fair. is cool. Resistance, uh, resistance. <laughs> also, you doing a little resistance training. Resistance. Uh, and then real quick for for some diet stuff. Did he want some quick diet stuff for active? I mean, we can go any diet tips for weight loss. Uh, I would say the easiest right away, eliminate all liquid calories. So yes. if you're having juice or regular soda at all in any capacity, eliminate them. Yes. No, don't, don't think about bringing them back. Don't ever have them F- do whatever it takes to completely remove those from your diet. That will be huge. If you haven't already done that. Right. Um, anybody listening should do that because it's just a total fucking waste. It's, it's a- an absolute treat. Yeah. It should be an absolute treat to have a beverage that has Yeah, you should be able to count on your hand the amount of times you're doing that in a month. Yeah. And if it's something you do every like I always say for people who want to find nutrition goals, I I'm trying not to say weight loss because that's like a negative like uh fat loss. Like you don't want to dr- drop just pure weight. You want to lose fat is what we're saying. Um Think about things you do every day, like people who drink a soda every day. Eliminating soda or switching to diet soda is a huge swing. If you make a coffee with cream and two sugars every morning and you switch it to a coffee with cream and one sugar, because you're doing it every morning, it's a huge change. You lose five uh, five teaspoons of sugar a week. It's 20 a month. Like You know what I mean? You're d- cutting out because it's something that's so repetitive. Totally. <laughs> Stanger's just on his own time. No, I, I, <laughs> like, I got like a panicked text from my wife. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm, 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 I'm saying anything that you do all the time is something to uh, audit, to use a Stanger code word here. Yeah. Like if you're like, oh, every morning I do this. It's like, how can I tweak it a little bit? Because it's something I do every day. Like that. that's the best thing I ever did was eliminate sugar from my coffee. And, and then I'm like, I, I now love coffee and it's a treat to have dairy True. I do love your breakfast. Um, and that's my, that was going to be my next pitch. My yeah. classic. I say like, if you just dial in your breakfast yes. and just dial in your breakfast, like whether that means oatmeal, a little bit of fruit or um, just two for me, it's two hard boiled eggs every morning with a coffee. Like I have that every morning because at that well, point, it's, explain it's, the mindset then that that gives you that mindset is it's utility that like, if I just know it, I eliminate the willpower in the morning of like, should I, what should I have? I eliminate the choice. And then on top of it, when you do the math on that, that's seven of my 21 meals a week. Uh, 33% of my food is healthy, lean protein. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm not saying I do good all the other meals, but like, if you have that, you're already one third of the way to eating hundred percent clean. <laughs> right. So if you look at it as that you're say you're completely out of control and you recognize that, that you're out of control and you want to, you want to start dialing it in and you're at that stage where you're like, where do I start? Every meal is a disaster. I'm completely out of control. I don't know what to do. Gabrus is saying, just start with breakfast every day from now on, you're going to do a healthy breakfast. Who knows? You may get nachos, for lunch, you know, every day, yeah. every day, you, whatever you it is, like you might pizza. be off the rails for lunch and dinner, which are easier meals to go off the rails. Sure. on, I think. And I, that's why I say like breakfast, if you just have your steel cut oats or your whatever, you name going, it. Yeah. Whatever your breakfast is, yogurt, fu- I, I would say go with full fat yogurt or hard boi- or eggs in some capacity. Right. So you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed that one third of the time 
you're making a healthy choice. That's an incredible improvement. And I percentage think- wise, you're already so if you're completely out of control before, now you're guaranteed that one of those is always going to be healthy. And it's not a bridge too far. Right. Anybody can do that. And if you make it simple, it, that's, that's the, the key. It's, it's very easy to wire the first half hour of your day like it's very easy to build a routine in the beginning of your day because it's like you just wake up you're like if you wake up and drink coffee every morning it's you can become obviously physically addicted to caffeine but also psychologically addicted to now that i'm up i have coffee right the ritual of so you just treat teach that that now i'm up i have my healthy breakfast or like people are doing if whatever your first however you do it i just always say like lock in that first meal and then the other low-key benefit is it's a momentum builder. Yeah, there you like, go. That's you, that self-care we were talking yeah, about. You do a good breakfast, you're like, well, I'm not going to fucking go ham. But if you have a bacon, egg, and cheese for breakfast- Then you're like, fucking, it's all bets. Who gives a shit? Yeah, coffee milkshakes. <laughs> yeah. Coffee yeah, milkshake. One of those coffee milkshakes that people call coffees and, <laughs> in America. <laughs> Hey there, Bell Babies. This is uh, Big Rye coming to you. Um, I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling healthy. uh, And I'm feeling happy that it's just us right now. We got a little privacy. Nobody's looking in. You don't have to worry about, you know, Eugene peeking on us. You don't have to worry about my guest, Gabrus, peeking on us. They're not here. They're never going to hear this. I want to tell you guys, have you ever heard of Lightstream? If you listen to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard of Lightstream before. And Lightstream is important to tell you guys about because it's it's the holidays. The holidays are here. So you're probably thinking about your finances. And this year, you should give yourself the gift of extra money in your pocket. And how do you do that? You got to pay off your credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. That's what these guys do. They're consolidating your credit cards for you. They're getting that APR down. I got real reckless in my in like a 1998, 1998 was a reckless year for me. And I took out a credit card with like 58% interest on it. And I started like charging a bunch of shit. I was dating this girl who was older than me and I took her to sushi one time and I just charged it. I'm still paying interest on that. That sushi dinner was like 60 bucks at the time. It's cost me about $409,000 all in. Uh, and so if I had Lightstream, I would have consolidated that credit. You got to uh, you can roll your high interest credit card payments into one payment at a lower fixed rate. Lightstream credit card consolidation loans rates are as low as five point nine percent APR. That's five point nine five percent APR, and that's with the auto pay. So if you took out some bad credit cards and the they were predatory with the rates, and you're paying twenty or thirty percent, you could get that potentially down to five point nine five percent with auto pay. There's no fees, there's no application fee, there's no origination fee, there's no transaction fee, and there's no prepayment penalties. All you have to do is go online, take this application, and find out if the rates will apply to you. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Would not hurt to check. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Check them out, guys. It's the holidays. Put some extra money in your pocket. So just for my listeners, if you apply right now, to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash dumbbells. You got to go to lightstream.com slash dumbbells. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash dumbbells and get that special discount, guys. 
Now, this is subject to credit approval. Rates include a 0.50 auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash dumbbells for more information. Okay. This is coming to us from uh, Lauren. Okay. Uh, Hi there. Quick nutrition-based question for you both. How do you cope slash manage with nutrition during social gatherings and family parties? I typically try to try and maintain a clean, intuitive eating lifestyle throughout the week, but I generally let loose when I'm hanging out with friends and family. And when I say let loose, I don't just mean having uh, one drink and plate of indulgent foods. I'm talking about either spending a night out drinking with friends or even going back for seconds, thirds, and even a fourth helping of all foods. Some may call it binge eating. But this is also considered the social norm around my family and friend groups. Food and drinks are a big aspect in my life socially, and I don't want to be the Debbie Downer that can't enjoy a few drinks or a meal out with friends. Also, what do you do when there aren't any healthy options during a party? I come from a huge Filipino family where food is often abundant, and not eating may be considered weird or even rude sometimes. I wish I can just stop myself at a plate, at one plate, but it's just everywhere and I'm constantly eating. Am I the only one? Sincerely, food lover Lauren. Lauren, bummer that you just isn't here for the episode. I, know, I, know, I, I saw that. The second you said Filipino, I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll do uh, uh, Eugene's mom's accent for the rest to answer my question. <laughs> I love hearing Eugene do it so much. I know. I, mean, I always try to like kind of get him to do it. Because like, I already think Eugene is so cute. So picturing what his like mom who has an accent and is probably even smaller and cuter. Like, yes. it's just like in my head, Eugene's mom is like this golden character to me. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. So let's talk. And I, I, I would like to wait. Lauren, uh, food lover Lauren, her, what she's describing is pretty much my diet. Okay. <laughs> like intuitive, uh, uh, mostly paleo options until it's social. And then I do whatever I want. You go crazy. But I go crazy. But the one thing I have eliminated that has changed that made me healthy is that I drink way less. Okay. And I kind of just know that like I build my cheat, my cheat meals are built into my life. Like I know ne- I, I rarely now have like make something shitty for myself or scoop something up shitty for myself. Uh, like, oh, I'm getting takeout. I'm just like, I eat like, I'm trying to eat healthy because I know there's going to be a Thursday night dinner with Tiff or like a Sunday brunch with friends where I just don't want to have to, I don't want to necessarily want to be tight. So I just am tight all the other times knowing that I have these floating days built in. And I, that's just like what, because like her, I'm a social eater. That's what me and my friends and me and my family do for fun. Me and most of my friends. <laughs> now that I'm traveling with Rogers and Stanger, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, the fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh, we're I, not going to enjoy it? Okay, great. Just... <laughs> well, we do. you guys do like food, but it, it is just going to Whole Foods and picking it out. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm with her on, I know exactly what she's, I know this exactly. This is really what... tough. This is tough stuff because yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you should- if this is your peer group or your social friend group and part of it is having a big me- cup, like a big meal where you eat a lot, uh, you should be able to do that. And you do everything right the other time that should allow for this. So I would say how, how often, cause you're writing to us and you're, uh, it's, it's a, a concern. Yeah. So I'm wondering how again, often is this happening and to what level, you know, and while Stanger, you know, my social calendar. Yeah. Like, and so that's what that, that attitude that I had uh, food lover Lauren's attitude for the longest time 
you know my social calendar, it started to become unsustainable. Yeah. So I had to start making better choices even when it was supposed to be my fun, quote unquote, fun meal. I shouldn't even call it fun because associating the ones where you get to eat whatever you want with fun is the hard part there. Uh, so you got to, yeah, you got to start to pick now, I think. Yeah, you got to start to pick now. And like, that doesn't mean choose to not hang out with your friends. No. I mean, choose to go out with your friends, but that's the night you just eat like, oh, you're out to dinner with your friends. That's the night you just have the tuna niswa salad or the grilled chicken salad or whatever, or something that's very vegetable heavy and like a lean protein. And you, and you just eat like you, the healthiest option. You don't have to go fucking like monkish, but just take the healthiest option. Get the yeah. fucking... Sh- uh, fish dish and eat that and don't drink a bunch don't have dessert and have one of those meals be like a you know like I, i'm gonna go out with my aunt anyway or i'm picking an aunt yeah <laughs> i'm gonna no. go out for a solo dinner with my aunt like i always do yeah. <laughs> my uncle <laughs> hey it's, it's very concerned yeah but i go out to brunch with my uncle so <laughs> right <laughs> uh i think then and then okay and then speaking to where you you do want to indulge a little bit and you're talking about the fifth fourth that's, that was going to be the next thing I plate. said. Get it down to three. Get it down to three. And even if you have to maybe eat a little bit prior to it, you know, we do the classic where like, oh, it's going to be delicious. So I'm going to save up uh, and have a go in there with a full appetite. I don't know. Maybe maybe if it's a dinner, do like a really healthy big lunch closer to then that dinner than you normally would. So you're just going in not as hungry you're as you're just you going in, yeah, with yeah. the edge taken off. Or maybe have like a healthy snack before, like some nuts or something. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like an old cooking trip trick where you're in the kitchen and you're making stuff. You have stuff to snack on so that uh or you you're get, tasting and you get like well i in regards to the tasting so that you get a truer vibe on how good the food is oh, right. so if you have some almonds that you're kind of nibbling on and then when you taste the sauce you'll know if it's really good or not not just like i'm fucking hungry and anything right, would right. Taste. i'm just so happy to taste the sauce yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think you know like you know having like a small bag of nuts or something or like a protein bar or, you know i don't know some beef jerky whatever you yeah. want to do uh, honestly a uh, big fucking glass of water or a cup of tea or that helps or if you're not a caffeine if it's early if it's not too late or you're a caffeine person like a cup of coffee and you'll fucking like that yeah. just something like that stuff also I, I always try to drink a bunch of water before I go out for any night where it's like a big dinner or like a a party because it's like this is just going to help me in that long run and maybe it'll fill me up a little bit before I, but then I'm just the guy who has to pee like five minutes into dinner but yeah. that's like the only drawback <laughs> I have to have well you wear a diaper you diaper mm. up I got to dipe up. You got to dipe up, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm using this Gaber's technique. I'm drinking a lot of water before meals to adjust my hunger, but I got to dipe up now. It's worth it. Uh, I don't want to miss any conversation. Yeah, it's yeah. cloth diaper because I'm an environmental guy. So uh, <laughs> you look weird in your pants. Uh, but yeah, so th- addressing that fourth and fifth meal, I think you got to look into. And if, if you know, kind of pre-partying a little bit with some quality calories to see if you can maybe take the edge off a little. It's not working. You may want to look into, uh, you know, keeping track of how much food you're eating as long as it's not going to put you in a weird headspace or obsess too much. Yeah. Because sometimes if you think like, okay, I just had 4,000 calories in one meal. I got to dial it back. Right. It's a, it's a trick to get yourself a little bit more mindful of what you're doing. Right. But if it's going to be more anxiety for you to keep yeah. track of, then limit, don't do it. Then don't but, do it. But yeah. sometimes it is, it is a nice reminder. Like every once in a while, like I'll go to some place where I'll be like, they show the calories, they on show there. the calories and you're like, 
if that's a thousand calories, then that thing that I eat that's kind of similar to this uh, yeah. is fourteen hundred calories. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm just trying because it's it's a tough thing where that this is your routine and what you do. Right. How do you break yourself of that? Um, and I think the 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 familial and peer pressure she's feeling to eat more. Yeah. So where do you stand on that? That uh, that. I understand, but I also always find that in there somewhere is an element of projection. Yeah. And there is a little bit of like, if I don't eat this, my aunt is going to be upset. And truly, you're, she can't be. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And yes, I, I'm, I'm from an Italian family. It's all about food. The way I've always impressed adults since I was a child is with consumption of food. Like, yeah. It's what made my Same. in-laws love me is that it's like, oh, he comes over. Like, Tiff's uh, ex-boyfriend before me was like, maybe a vegetarian or at least he was like a healthy guy and they were like and then when i came over they were like all right i'm like i'll try oh yeah more meat yeah i'll take seconds this is so good but yeah. meanwhile i was just like a fat overeater who came from a family <laughs> that didn't put any priority on quality food so i come in a family that has like two professional cooks in it i'm like yeah fuck yeah, yeah. dish me up mom <laughs> i love it here tears pouring down my face yeah that's tough and you know it, it element of projection for sure, but family can be fucking tough on that shit, and that's where you have to assert yourself. And uh, it's it's a therapy thing too, to where it's like you can't. It can be on some level a form of abuse, and that's you know that's intense language to use, but you have to protect yourself. And if they're if they're getting in the way of your if your if your health or they're making you kind of harm yourself in a way by eating too much so that you can please them. Right. You need to nip that in the bud and you're as much a part of it as they are. And, so yeah. if you're indulging in it, it's like a weird codependent thing that's happening. Yeah. And as, I, but I also think part of it is like, we welcome the person to pressure us into eating. Cause that's yes. like, yeah. Uh, well yeah. now two people are getting happy from me eating this extra yeah. slice of pie. You right. Know? If I don't have it, they're going to feel bad, right. you know? Yeah. And um, really it, like you just want it in that moment. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, definitely that. But then also, you know, I think that if you start to create some boundaries, initially that is stuff is always hard, but eventually people get the message. Right. It's like you know? any pattern you're trying yeah. to build. Like you're in a pattern where people offer you food, you accept it and you eat it and you are not as happy with yourself for doing it. You just got to, when you nip that it all, eventually it'll come back around where you're now I feel better leaving there. And for me, it took a very long time. Like I always love to drink I found replacing alcohol with pot worked for me for my social, what I like to get out of social stuff like that. And then I, but I would still drink and then what, and I would always feel bad not drinking. We always talk about going out and not ordering a drink. You yeah. feel bad to the waiter, but you want to be like, don't worry, I'm going to tip big yeah. regardless. I'm not going to cocktail, but uh, going out with your friends who are all drinking and you're not like it, you feel weird not drinking. You do get over that. You do get over that. You do get over that. That is, it's not, it is, absolutely sustainable yeah like it because it feels like sometimes you're like well i mean how how am i never gonna you do it three times you don't even feel the pressure and your friends don't give you the pressure right yeah. i you know and then depending on where you stand on this ethically or how you want to handle yourself sometimes with family shit where if it's just too much to get into the philosophical part of it a little white lie where you say you know what i just had a checkup recently and 
This is what my doctor is encouraging me to do. Yeah. You bring in like a third party. Yeah. You're like, so tell me if you want to go against medicine. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even if that really didn't happen. I don't know. Some people, everybody's got different issues with where they stand on that shit. Yeah. I'm completely comfortable lying to my family. If it maintains, it keeps my stress level down. Uh, that's just something I'm, I'm okay with and have been with yeah. for a long time. And if that, if you feel like that can maybe, you know, s- shield your mom or your aunt or whoever it is from some of the hurt. Yeah. You know, to just say like, you know what? I would love to, but I'm at this state where I need to push back on yeah. a little bit of that stuff. Cause I got some bad health news. Hopefully that will get them to back off. <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't, you know, there's a little lunacy happening there. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, there already is. There already is a little yeah. bit of lunacy. Cause like we're talking about a different generation that food, yeah. food is love and yep. there is no, you know, they were dying. That generation died younger anyway. So like, they're like, don't even understand. Like, right. Like, they're like, what? You're not going to live much past 60 or 70. It's like, no, no, it's different now. <laughs> yeah. But we feel you food lover, Lauren. Hopefully that helps a food little lover, bit. Lauren. Yes. Um, another thing, and it's corny and it's maybe even a, arguably an eating disorder, but I like, <laughs> I try to get in a, like a, a little extra workout, a little extra, juice if i know it's like a night like if it's friday night i'm like oh we're gonna fucking go out tonight when i'm at the gym i'm like well i'll just do 15 extra minutes on the stair mill or do an extra couple of sets just to feel like at least i'm i'm combating what i know an impending doom a little bit okay (laughs) all right let me this is this is a lot so let's we can maybe finish with this one see what we can unpack from it um okay this is from aim or maybe someone uh, sent you this on instant messenger. What's that? (laughs) This is from AOL instant messenger. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, AIM, uh, or maybe Ame. Hi, I've been listening to your podcast recently. I really like them. I already rated you. This is why I'm reading it. I have a few cues for you. I'm a Mexican woman, 32 years old and I live in Mexico. So sorry for my grammar. Uh, don't worry. I won't notice. It'd <laughs> yeah. probably be better than whatever I'm doing. Yeah, honestly, if uh, anyone listening probably just thinks Stanger is botching <laughs> them grammar anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I could say that I'm on my weight. Okay, let's see if I can figure. Been on a diet. She's been on a diet for two years now. She weighs everything. Since then, uh, once once a week, she does a cheat meal. But most of the time, she was afraid. Um Oh boy, this might be tough. I felt like I also needed to be measuring every bite I had because it could cause me to gain weight. Two months ago, she started relaxing, and one day a week, she's having um her she's having binges. So her cheat meal became a cheat day, but the other six days, she never breaks her diets. So I want to translate a little bit here. What do you think? She was obsessing over it too much. She relaxed it into like a full day. Right. And then so now she's doing one full day of it, but six days she's eating really strict. Yes. And uh, maybe my thing is always just find your balance. I would say. Well, hold on. Because she's she's just telling what she's doing still. Okay. okay. So about her training, she goes to the gym six days a week. Um, She does all weights, 40 minutes of legs, shoulders, arms, and back. And then she does cardio for 37 minutes. Uh, interesting time breakdown, but I appreciate the <laughs> consistency or the precision. And most of the time, her heart rate is about 130 or above. Sometimes it reaches 160. She doesn't have a coach, but she tries to read a lot about uh, exercise to help program her routines. So she changes it every eight to six weeks. Um, uh, you know, changes it from strength versus volume. Uh, when she doesn't go to the gym, she feels guilty. 
like for one day of no training, she would gain weight if she didn't go one day. She's worried about that. Uh, she, her questions are, how much is overtraining? Do you think I could do less? Her goal is to stay lean and gain strength. How often do you have food which is not considered clean? Um, do you think I should go more than one day a week on a cheat meal? Sometimes I feel like I could eat more calories. Uh, is she eating enough calories? What advice do you have about food that I could give her so that she can relax on her diet because she's losing a little bit of her social life? Um, and she's, it's a starting to affect her desire to travel sometimes. They, All right. Cause breaking that routine becomes hard. Yeah. Cause you're like, now I'm not in my routine with my diet food ready to go and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of Lauren, you right. know, to where it's Lauren's fear of like, uh, you know, eliminating her social life a little bit because she's going a little too extreme. So, um, Ame or aim, however you pronounce it. Uh, I think, yeah, I think your, your, your instincts about maybe overtraining a little bit might be right. And then, um, and then with what's happening with food stuff, I think your, your concerns are in the right place. Yeah. I think you're doing and like just off reading this and, uh, I, I, I think you're doing too much all around. Yeah. Yeah. And your psych, your psychology, I think exactly. is, is, is what's happening, including to how much you think of, including how much you think about this and, and are analyzing it. Yeah. So way. number, number one, whatever you're doing, uh, for your health and exercise and diet and all that food and stuff that should in no way step like get in the way of traveling your social interactions uh, spending time with friends, all of that. So look at that shit. Sorry to jump on yeah, this. No, no, do but it. look at that shit as fitness too. Yeah. Honestly, because we're talking about brain we were talking about brain stuff earlier in the episode. Seeing your friends, seeing loved ones, seeing new things, adventuring, getting out of your comfort zone. That's all shit that's good for your your brain and soul is corny to say yeah. in this moment. But it's, it's extremely corny. If you need to if you need it's to because you're like corny. on such a focus, look at that as um, fitness yes. Look, and also rest and relaxation and specifically recovery. That's all a major facet of fitness. Totally is. And also when it comes to diet and exercise, the, the thing that always wins out over science over against the new fad over against new information coming out is consistency and sustainability. So what you're doing right now, if it's affecting your desire and ability to travel, that's not sustainable. Right. You just, shit comes that you need to be able to be mobile and leave. I mean, I'm as nuts as it gets, but I can, I can, I figured out a place where I can get on the road. I try to do as much as I can. Sometimes I can. Right. And whatever. I, I traveled with you for a weekend. You keep it lean, but you're not in your home base. You don't have your meal prep. You don't have any, you know, right. And you, but you, you, you still make all the, you all, you make good choices. Yeah. You, but you, you are to, looser than you have to be. You have to be slightly more flexible. You're eating outside your window a little bit for right. a couple days. So you hang loose and adjust. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that can kind of fuck with your psychology a little bit. Yeah. Now that's not to say if you're, you know, in a place to where you need to start to get on track and you have these triggers and social traveling as a trigger for you. And that's, that's, like feeding into compulsive bad food behavior. Right. That's a separate thing to be addressed. But if you're otherwise fairly she, healthy, she said you've been going hard for two years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're otherwise healthy, then you need to start to examine stuff like not wanting to travel or being afraid. You, you got to address that fear head on. And so in regards to cheat meals and cheat days, uh, I don't think having a full day is the healthiest approach. 
I think you need to have, uh, I think looking at it like a meal a week is, is an okay place to start. And then if you need to have more than having a meal or two or three a week, if you're yes. so disciplined and you're weighing out your food, otherwise, I think, you know, taking a mental break from all that stuff a few times a week is healthy. Yeah, it's probably and even I think better do- than like a, a, a nasty Sunday. Yeah. You're probably better off having like a, uh, a dicey lunch Tuesday and a big right. dinner th- and a, a off diet, spreading them out a little bit. It's yeah. Good for you psychologically and psychologically. Wise. And I think like Abrus was saying, just from a fucking pure calorie standpoint, you're going to do a lot less damage. Right. You know, you can, have, you can do a lot of work, you know, 3,500 excess calories is a pound of fat. You can do a lot of damage in one fucking day to oh, yourself. Yeah. I'm eating like probably 4,000 calories a day. <laughs> <laughs> but you but also I, burn a lot. I, yeah, but I but we're talking about like just lean. Like I just have a lot of mass. So yeah, I, I, that's my case. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you look at like just you know, say you're you're in you're doing good and you you can get yourself into a 500 calorie deficit a day, and so uh, you know you have a couple of days of, of those days strung together, you can start to lose some body fat. You can erase all that damage literally in one day. Yeah, it's pretty so, easy to eat 2,000 calories in one day. Yeah. extra in one day. Yeah. Right, and that's four days undone with one day. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, from a from a like a biological physiological standpoint, spreading those meals out throughout the week better, and then also psychologically for you, I think better. And so, uh, yeah, so I think you need to relax the reins a little bit. Yeah, because it sounds like you're doing all the right stuff and maybe just going a little too hard. Mm -hmm. Like she said, strength and cardio five days a week. Yeah. That's that's a lot. Yeah. So I think maybe, you know, having, uh, you know, allocating some time to just, uh, you know, having like a good rest day or maybe you just focus on the weights one day and the and then or a car, like a full like duration cardio set the next day. Maybe, you know, sometimes to kind of like shake things up if you feel like you're getting a little bit too programmed and micromanaging yourself too much, you know, changing your workout routine. She sounds like she does periodization, right? Like she was saying every eight to six weeks she's yeah. changing up, which is cool. Yeah. But I think like I think you might want to do even like even more slash even a bigger change, but even less like. Go, rather than for five days a week, strength and cardio, maybe you do like strength, cardio, strength, cardio, strength, just to do a little extra strength, you know, and, and mix it, you know, a little better time to recover a full day off from lifting weights might help you in a, in a way that you didn't know before. Right. And I think fucking with your brain a little bit, too. You don't want to be you don't want to be beholden to your schedule. You right. should run your schedule. Your schedule shouldn't run you. Yeah. And so. Change it, you know, because you're just like, oh, I got to meet, I got to hit my 37 minutes of this and I, my 37 yeah. minutes and I feel like a failure, would, like in your words, uh, if you don't, that's not the, any exercise that you do is a win. Right. So even if it's not the exact time that you prescribed yourself, it's still a fucking win. You have to look at whatever you're doing as like a win. If you're doing full body weights and then 37 minutes of cardio every workout session too, you're like in the gym for 90 minutes a day. Yeah. That's that, a lot. That's a lot. And you have to look at less time is, is still equally as beneficial and still counts, not a failure. Right, 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 right. I, you know, and having like a junky meal here and there, not you're not losing, you're not failing. So, yeah, I think there's some there's some mentality work that needs to be done. You know, stuff will happen like I'll I'll get an injury and it'll force me to kind of change my workout. And then I will realize all this stuff that I was doing that I didn't need to, you know, it's just literally for my mind. It wasn't right. even giving my body any benefit. It was just like for me to feel like this is a good workout. I have to accomplish X, Y and Z. I get injured. I can't do that. I reevaluate how I'm training. And then I'm like, oh, man, I was wasting 
all this time and energy and, you know, and beat myself up when I didn't really need to do that. Right. But it took an injury to fucking get there. <laughs> yeah. So if you can, if you can intervene before that happens, I think that you're, you'll be in a good place. Like, for example, I was saying I'm, I've been on like a, a real good streak earlier and I've been literally progressing linear, linearly Uh-oh. on linearly resistance. resistance. I've been progressing on all my body, on all my weights going up, up, up. Next week is like my first week in a long time where. I'm just, my schedule is blown up. It's exploded. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to, and I'm like, fuck, am I going to get a squat and a bench and a deadlift day in? And am I going to be able to get up five pounds? Oh shit. Okay. Well maybe I get, and I start, I was getting stressed. And then I just like decided yesterday. I'm like, well, how about this? How about I just, I'm taking a week off from my numbers. Your numbers. And, I, and anytime I, anytime I show up to the gym, I'm just going to do whatever. I'm not even like, if it is the day I would normally deadlift, I'm not going to deadlift the weight I'm supposed to deadlift for the week. I'm just going to do like 225 for reps or 135 stiff yeah, legs or something. what you have time for. Yeah. And- but also now I've pre-looked at it as, well, this is just like whatever I get is gravy right. now. And like, good. And it's just my own mindset. I'm not letting myself down by doing less. I'm doing something different. And then I got really excited about it because I'm like, ooh, a week off from my grind might make, I have the numbers when I come back to do five pounds more in each lift, having a week off might be the thing that jumps that's, you up. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So it's that it's that level of mentality and uh, self-awareness going into it right. helps mm-hmm. you ease off the gas a little bit and not feel like you're, you know, you're, you're compromising or doing something wrong. Self-awareness is not something we talked about on this podcast previously, but I, for me and you. But I think that is a huge step in my life for like my fitness getting being self-aware and mindful. Yeah. Just like learning my own behavior patterns and like learning my own, like I'm very reward oriented or like, uh, you know, and I'm like, so when I learn this stuff about myself, I'm like, well, this is what I need to do. Like, and as you just get older and you know yourself better. Yeah. And there's a part of me that like, the mortality, the the stuff we're talking about, always the fountain of youth shit. That's coming in and like being self aware that that matters to me was a way for me to activate exercising, like mental health. I knew I was self aware that there was something wrong with my outlook, my mental feelings and stuff. And then I was like, but I know I need to. I, I could intellectualize that exercising would help me, but I couldn't bring myself to yeah. do it. And then when you just fucking become self aware and be like, no, you just know you need stop. You're talking yourself out of this. Just you need to do it. Like totally. And then even Ame recognizing what's going on with right, her. Exactly. That's Sounds what I was gonna say. Like being self aware that you're, you're doing so much. Like you're self aware that like you're worried if you step off, you're gonna fucking gain weight. Also, it's not true. You could take a week off cold right now. Yeah, it'd probably and, be good for you. I, truly, I would even arguably recommend yeah. you take a full week off from the weights and just do 37 minutes of cardio or vice versa. Do something. I think like shaking up recovery for you might show you to have gains in the positive way, the positive kind of gains. Can you think of a, uh, a great athlete that had the number 37? No, it's nobody picked 37. It's a a bad, it's a prime number, which is kind of cool. You know, like that (laughs) would make me choose it because it's prime prime. Uh, I'm literally in the prime of my life. Hey, baby, you, you love Optimus Prime. You love Prime movies. Sam. <laughs> Bumblebee. Sam. Bumblebee. <laughs> Every time we get together. Bumblebee. You must find the Allspark, Sam. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Uh, well, great. Uh, so, yeah, guys, we appreciate your questions. You, We appreciate your brags. If you have any questions for the Dumbbells, uh, please reach us at askthedumbbells at gmail. 
Uh, it can be about psychology of exercise or nutrition or exercise in general. Or if you just want to bragola, yeah. it's a short life. You got to take selfies. You got to get the angles right. <laughs> you got to let us know how great you're doing. You're in a safe space to brag. Uh, and if you want to reach us uh, for any other thing or on social media, if you prefer to communicate that way, it is the 2000s. You can get us at the dumbbells. It is the 2000s. It's <laughs> almost 2020. So, Calling yeah. it the 2000s. It's the 2000s so still, baby. It's still the 2000s. You can tell by my fucking uh, ha- MC Hammer pants. Were that that was the 90s. Uh, we're, we're at the dumbbells across all social media platforms. Gabrus, where can people find you? I'm at Gabrus on all social media platforms. And you can listen to my podcast, which I record with you and uh, our friend Ben Rogers called The Action Boys. The Action Boys. Well, I feel like we're being so nice and clinical. We're saying, yeah. yeah. It's good. <laughs> check out. Check out uh, you want to hear us be monsters? <laughs> yeah. Listen to uh, Action, Action Boys. Boys. Biz. Yeah, if you want to see the other side of us, yeah, it's Patreon podcast. Horrific monsters. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, but... I. I'm one of my favorite parts of dumbbells we didn't get to do on this episode. So I'd like to just artificially recreate it right now Please before do. we get out of here. So, uh, Stanger, uh, can you give us a little health and fitness update about what you've been doing? Uh, all the same stuff. <laughs> all right, cool, cool, cool. Well, that's great. That's great. Always great to hear from you. <laughs> I offered up the Fitbit Charge 3. Right, that's true. I and re- you're talking sleep now. Yeah, that is a new angle. sleep. You should yeah. have saved it for your weigh-in with Huge, though. You're going to be tapped. As now, someone, I'm a Dumbbells listener. Listeners, listen to all the weigh-ins when they come around to Stanger. He's like, oh, I'm sort of doing the same thing. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, motherfucker. I got hypnotized recently. Oh, yeah, I did yeah. the Fitbit Charge 3. There's been uh, my shoulders got more healthy. Oh, you've got you've been, been tons of developments, you fucking asshole. Uh no, you're right. I'm joking. Uh nothing new. Uh so great. So on behalf of myself and Eugene Cordero, wherever he is, filming a single camera. I believe he's in Tacoma. He's in Tacoma, the wettest place uh fighting fires. And uh my amazing guest today, John Gabris. We'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live, live. In between. Got it. (laughs) That was a headgum podcast.